And on that note, I want to welcome everybody to the world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. I apologize right off the bat. My throat's, uh, I didn't sleep a lot last night. I went to synagogue this morning. I lost my Wait voice a second, wait a second. I want to back up. May we back up? Yes. Why didn't you sleep a lot last night? Um, it's a va very valid question. I didn't have certain things that helped me sleep a little better. And uh, I, um, my melatonin, I didn't have my melatonin. And <laughs> I just, it was, you know, some nights you just don't sleep well. And I decided this morning, what better time to go to synagogue than the high holy days? And there you are. So happy 5782 to everybody out there. Yo, yo, represent. And I want to welcome everybody in the chat. I want to thank everybody for downloading the podcast. It's been our best week ever. So thank you. Please keep doing that. And please keep giving that thumbs up. And I love the cross that we're having. Listeners from Gary's show are listening to wait us. Minute, wait a minute, what cross? What cross? If you let me explain, people oh, from sorry, Gary's show are listening to us and people from Rob's show are listening to Gary. And we're having like this mm -hmm. great triangular listenership. It's remarkable. And I want to thank everybody for that. Remember, benstein.substack.com. And we are joined tonight from the simplelifenow.com, the founder, podcaster extraordinaire. He's a man that served this country for over 20 years. All around good guy. Of course, Rush fan, Gary Collins. Best band I love that. I just absolutely love your your uh, obnoxiousness. No, it's not yeah. obnoxiousness. It's it's childlike. It's 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 a beautiful quality to have have to love something and to you know Ben especially Ben loves books. He loves and he Music. buys that the, the the trinkets from those things and it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to have that uh, childlike quality and of course from ninety three one WIBC. Bam! President of Conservative Talk Radio, Rob Kendall. I have more hair now than I have had at any time in the previous 10 years. Mom's what about it in the previous 30 years? How old are you? No, I was awesome in my 20s, Ben. I had a ton of hair in my 20s. It was great. Mazel tov. Uh, what we, did the girl, how, did, how did you do with the girls at that, that stage of your life? I mean, not Ben Stein good, but I did well, okay. Nobody does that good. Um, that's of course. And of course, this show wouldn't be complete without America's humble servant, actor, writer, provocateur, saint, sinner, lover, father, grandfather, economist, lawyer, mathematician, statistician, mathematician. Yeah, yeah. Doctor. Got it. Yeah. Doctor. And, and very humble. Doctor. For and of course, sake. most importantly, Dr. Benjamin Jeremy Stein, who Did always Do you know me. what I have done with these hands today? We don't want to know. <laughs> and uh, okay. I, think, I, I think sometimes it's as simple as that. We're going to have more of a lighthearted show tonight. And the reason I say that, Ben Stein, is because I'm sort of enjoying right now staying out of the mix and watching these goofs in Washington bury themselves. I think they're creating such a massive mess for them for themselves. Who are we referring to? This whole administration. Biden was walking through Jersey at some point, and people were booing him as he went there for the Where, flood. Wait a minute! Wait a wait wait a minute! Back I didn't up. See that? I didn't see that yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. People were like, like, and he and he actually, Ben. I have asked you. I begged you a million times. I am, please. I okay. He's hungry. You want me to mute you? Do I need to mute you? Yeah, but please yeah, ask Jeff to take away the All food, right. so that way you're not tempted. All right. All right. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What, but what's eating? Okay, wait, wait. We got to know what he's eating. It's like ravioli. It's is Chef Boyardee. It, it, no, it's, it's French toast, isn't it? No. no. I, I'm going to give you a recipe for French toast. Okay, but, 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 but like, let's get but to Wait, this. wait, wait. I want to hear about the brewing of President so, No, So he was walking through and people started screaming at him. 
and uh, to divert, where, he started where where in in New Jersey as he went but to in New Jersey and got a, a lot of places where Ida like, hit where Ida hit oh. uh, this oh, past weekend, and people started booing him, and he actually like started heckling back. Like what? How so? Give me an example. Like, like um, I, I, I start talking about it a little bit, and I'll read it exactly to you. Okay. Well, so he what? Said they, the he said they don't that... under. He said they don't understand. That's what. That's heckling back. Yeah. Well, that's uh, you know he's uh he, that, that for him that's uh that's pretty uh that's as lively yeah. and animated Ju- as he's gonna get. <laughs> Judy, <laughs> you're you, you, you're from New York, right? Yes, sir. Have you ever done the Bruce Springsteen walking tour in New Jersey? Where you go to all the famous Bruce Springsteen sites? Oh, I want to do that. I'll do that. Um, no, I'll go I to never... the river. What is the river? What what river is in the song The River? Uh, uh, and uh, into the river we dive. Oh, yeah, down to the river yeah, we yeah, well, dive. Right, I, I, I know it's not. The, I know it's not the Hudson River. <laughs> no, no, no. The Hudson River is way too big for that. <laughs> and I know it's. It maybe it's somewhere around Asbury Park. I would assume or Philadelphia. That part ben, is, it's southern Jersey, obviously. Ben, I am so impressed. You know the song "The River" because that is my all-time favorite song. I know all all Bruce Springsteen. I've been following Bruce Springsteen since you guys were children. Did the you pl- have a house near him too? No, no, but I have a lot of houses, but none near Bruce. None and the problem, Bruce. and the problem we've all found out recently with uh, it's hard. It's harder these days listening to Bruce Springsteen, somebody that makes you get vaccinated if you want to go inside his show. Uh, and he, not only do you have to get vaccinated, you have to pick. It, it could only be a certain types of vaccination. No he's way. Picked, yeah, oh, I swear really? to God, he's picky about the vaccination. What? No way. You're kidding. I swear to God. Well, wait a minute. I mean, he shouldn't be allowed to do that. He's his show, right? Well, he is um, the boss. Yeah, he, he is the boss. But at the same time, it is a... Uh, you, that is uh, peculiar. Without That's a odd. doubt, Ben, it is your right to allow people how you want them to be in your show. But at the same time, people that are de- devoted, loyal fans of yours could sort of give you the... I know, I know. I have to tell, me, I can tell you my Bruce Springsteen story. Uh, as Tommy well knows, there was uh, in the mid Malibu, as we call it, a, for many, many years, a wonderful restaurant called La Scala, a really, really good restaurant. And I used to go there quite a lot. And uh, I one day I went there and I went off to the men's room, as I very frequently do, because I'm an old man. And uh, there was a scary looking homeless person there, smelled horrible, looked horrible, just looked awful. And I left, I went to, up to the, to the manager, to the captain, and I said, there's a homeless person in the, in the men's room and he's coming out, he's right behind me. I don't like that. I think you better call the police and get him out of here. I looked at him. So the, and the manager looked over and said, you mean the boss? It was Bruce. <laughs> when was this? What time frame? Uh, this would have been, let's see, Tommy was out there then. So this probably would have been around 1992 or three. Oh, yeah, that's... That's when he did the two the two uh, crappy albums, Human Town and Lucky Touch. He moved out to California. No offense, Ben. I've touched Bruce Springsteen on four occasions. Four separate occasions I've touched Bruce Springsteen. You, you, and what, what happened to you when you touched him? He radiated through me. <laughs> Excellent. And radiated and by, by the way rob the tunnel of love was a pretty darn good album that he when he that he made when he came out here but anyways ben stein my basic point is i, I i'm sort of enjoying and i want to get to everybody in this i'm sort of enjoying watching them this mess of havoc they've created for the past 
two weeks and there's no getting out of it. They, I don't care what images they decide to show of January 6th for when that comes up. The images that will leave that mark on Americans, that stain on Americans of people in Afghanistan. As, and as you listen to them say, first, nobody's stranded. Now nobody's held hostage, Ben Stein. Well, if, you, if you can't get out. Well, if you go to the Americans, they say, we'll help you out. And then you come up to the American outpost. They say, go away. You can't, we can't help you. Yeah. That, I mean, that's just insane. It's, it's absolutely insane. I don't doubt that the situation is very, very difficult. But, uh, I mean, really, it's just, they just told so many lies about it. It's insane. But, I mean, there's, there's blame enough to go around for everyone in this war. But uh, the last days of it were really humiliating. No, Gary, and the reason I brought this up is because, I mean, what's, what else is there to say about the, the, I mean, it's almost redundant at a certain point. I'm, I'm enjoying watching the mess. I'm not enjoying watching the mess that's, being, that's still going on in Afghanistan. That's absolutely heart-rendering, as somebody would say. That's um, what as, my wife would as, say. As, as, his wife, he would say, but Gary. But as, <laughs> as they try to message this, as they try to get their message, it, it's sort of, I've, I've never seen, I, it's been a long time since Democrats have had a squirm. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but it's more of also that now they're focusing on the Taliban is creating a new government. That's going to work out really well. Can't wait for that. Well, they're creating a new government that's going to be even more vicious than the previous government. I mean, they, they, well, they have said the previous government was too lax and, and relaxed about moral issues. They're going to really crack down. Well, the party that's for equality, equity, mm -hmm. and women's rights is empowering one of the most vicious groups on the face of the planet that kill, maim, beat women on a regular basis oh yeah irony. Oh, no, that's, one, that's one of the absolutely favorite things it is the party that is essentially a, a branch of the me too movement or maybe it's the other way around it, it is behind a group of people who as a government are going to say we as a government take the position that women don't have rights and 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 nobody nobody from the democrat party is yelling and screaming about it i do not see hillary clinton a very wealthy woman, her position in the American political establishment is quite secure. Why can't she stand up for these poor creatures in Afghanistan? Why because they're all she? complicit in, in a sense, Rob Kendall. If <laughs> one is guilty, then they're all guilty, Rob. So two things. One, Human Touch, Lucky Town, two worst <laughs> albums, both written in California. No ifs, ands, or buts. We'll move on from that now. I just, I had to get that in. Thanks for your uh, talking points, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was watching a documentary. It was on Netflix, and I'm really mad at myself right now because I can't remember the name of it. I'll get it and report back next time we're all together. It was on the history of 9-11, the lead up to 9-11, and then the aftermath of 9-11 and the impact it had on the country. And the one thing that uh, it did a really nice job of is the history of Afghanistan. And the history of the people in Afghanistan. And you realize dating all the way back to the days of the Russians being in Afghanistan, what a bunch of brutal, barbaric, psychopathic in many ways, killers have dominated that country. Now, some of them actually were kind of on the side of creating a government around liberty and freedom 
Those are the people we armed with the stingers back in the 80s who did immense damage to the Northern Alliance. Now, it doesn't mean they were all good guys. It doesn't mean they were all, you know, George Washington's, but there were some of them, but they were not the dominant faction in Afghanistan. This is who these people have always been. We gave a ray and a beacon of hope there for, you know, the better part of 20 years. And now it's back to complete lunatics running the country, providing a safe haven for terrorists. So they not only provide the safe haven for the terrorists, they are the terrorists. I mean, it's like saying that the National Socialist German Workers' Party uh, provided a safe haven for the Nazis. They were the Nazis. These guys are dangerous madmen killers. They like to kill. It's not something they do uh, with a heavy heart. They like to do it. It's, it's something they do for fun. It's, it's like you raise a really interesting point. They're total sadists. And, and not only that, a... but but they have now they have night vision goggles and American uniforms. And my son, who knows a huge, huge, huge amount about weaponry, uh, says they are better armed than the, uh, and even very high end American snipers. The only they have the all only, of our gear. The, the only major difference is that they thank God. One of the things they're their intelligence is a little uh, when you are barbaric and that savage and in, 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 in savagery, your, your, your mental acumen gratefully usually isn't on par with, um, with certain things, but well, yeah. they managed to do pretty damn well against the two dominant military powers in the world. Well, and one, and one thing this documentary was really clear on, and nobody talks about this because of course the media loved Clinton. Clinton is the, is the in many ways the reason 9/11 happened because the Sudan tried to hand over bin Laden to yep. the Clinton government and they said, said no. Yeah, we don't we don't exactly. really have anything to hold him on so uh let's just ship him over there to Afghanistan. And what you realize how this all plays into now is bin Laden was the financier of all this stuff. The Taliban doesn't really need a financier now because we gave them billions of dollars of free stuff of money. We gave yes. them billions of there, have you seen the videos of them going through these stacks after stacks after stacks of $100 bills? I mean, enough to pay the deficit for several states in the union forever. And they were just being given these pallets of money. To, I don't even know what they're being given them for. I guess they promised they'd be good boys if we gave them billions of dollars. This is a very poor idea of how to run foreign policy. And also, by the way, um, we, uh, I think we, I think the, the, they're trying to, we have about $7 billion or $10 billion of their, of their finances frozen. So that, that, is, that is also something. I, I just love this idea though, the Ben, first of all, there's two stories that came out. This, it's the same story, but told two separate ways. And Rob, I'm, I'm sure you saw this story, which was um, them getting the Americans out. And supposedly it was, it was, not the United, it wasn't uh, Blinken who's taking credit, the State Department, it was a subgroup of people of, of, of average, average people that arranged for them to, to get to get out of uh, Afghanistan. And I, 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 I here's been the, the, the hardest thing I think people are understanding, had we gotten them out, <laughs> We wouldn't have people there. And I'm tired of them saying for those who want to get out of who doesn't want to get out. Everybody wants to get out of there. Like, like there's some schmuck. Okay. Maybe there's one or two people, Ben, that are like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trudge my way through this. But for the most part, Ben, everybody wants out. I don't question that. I don't know. I'm not sure why you're 
directing that at me. It's not like I want to be there. I like being where I am. No, I'm, I'm saying what I love is the the messaging that they are giving that when they are saying that there's whoever wants to get out will get out. I know. I, I Well, the part of the fantasy world that Mr. Biden and his ilk inhabit is that we we offered everybody a chance to get out if they didn't get out and they want their heads slowly sawed off the way it was done to Daniel Pearl on television, then it's their own fault. But uh, where, where they come up with the idea that there are people who want that done to their necks and heads, that, that's a mystery to me. Complete mystery, one of history's mysteries. And on that note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Sorry if my voice is a little low today. Lost my voice a little bit. It happens and it'll pass. And I want to welcome everybody that's listening to the chat. And I'm looking to see who gives the next, the best name for the show tonight. Norma, counting on you. Gary Collins from thesimplelifenow.com. Rob Kendall, who are trying to convince to become the next governor of the state of Indiana from 93.1 WIBC. Libertarians have automatic ballot access in the state of Indiana, so no need to get the signatures. There you are, Rob. Oh, you even have. Cool. I see. You see, Ben. He's actually been thinking about it. Oh. I like it very, very much. I like the idea of him being governor very, very much. But I have a question for him. What will he do as governor of, of Indiana to make the Indiana different? I mean, Indiana is the, is a great state. So no doubt about it. It's a great state. Why it's deteriorating because of a certain uh, horrible people who live in Indianapolis who commit a lot of crimes. What are you going to do about those people? Governor Kendall. Well, the first thing I would do is get the imprint of the F word mm. off the Soldiers and Sailors Monument that is still there from the riots last year. Oh Number You're one. Kidding. That is still there. You're kidding. You, that, it is that, still that, that, that. there. Number one. Then the next thing we're going to do mm. is we are eliminating all income tax. We're done. We're going to be an income tax free state. And the second thing we're going to do is no, we are. The third thing. Well, I guess that would be the third thing. Yes, the third thing we could do, oops, is, is we will get rid of property taxes because that's a scam. As long as there's property taxes, you never own your home. And you, Ben Stein, have worked long and hard. Point. You have the right to own your home. Okay, question, 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 question. How will you pay for the operation of the state? I believe that uh, by... Okay, so it's a $37 billion budget, right? So what are we talking? A few billion if you get rid of the income tax and the property tax. We could find that in NDOT. That place is like the mob, the Department of Transportation, it's like Sopranos characters. And uh, the FSSA, between those two agencies alone, we could find a couple F billion What is the FSSA? Family and Social Services Administration. Okay, that's a good idea. First of all, let's eliminate welfare. I mean, why should they be able that if they're not rich? Why should we why should we rich people make them rich? I'm gonna call it the Ben Stein Report to Work Act. And that's how we're gonna report to life. work. That's work right. in report Indiana. Work, or yeah. you get you don't get any money or unless you report yeah. to work. No and you are whipped benefits. unless you and then you are whipped just, heavily if you don't get hey, to work on just for the make record, him, you can make them clean the F this, Gary. Gary Collins, just for the record, he hasn't thought about this at all. I could tell. I could tell there's been no planning involved whatsoever. <laughs> but I would love this. I, I would be a I, I literally would work for the campaign. Yeah, so would I would I. go out there and bust kneecaps and, and elbows. 
not a problem. I, I would totally, uh, you know, uh, tell people that at the voting booth, I would wear all black and carry a, uh, an axe and say, nah, nah, it's not today. You know, I'm just going to go to the tactics. They've been tried and true. And, and I can get at least 10,000 ballots easily into my car. That's, so here, that's... so so here's the deal. We got the libertarian almost 12% of the vote last time. He got almost wow. 300, 345,000 votes. That's good. I math it out that we need about another 400,000 more votes for a third party to be elected in the state of Indiana. So, so, then let's do it for God's sake. Yeah, what are, what are we even talking what about? Are we why, for? Wait, why, do, why, why adopt this fascist, racist idea that you have to actually live in, in Indiana to vote in Indiana? Why is that? <laughs> That's pure racism, pure fascism. I think anyone, no, it's xenophobia, anywhere Ben. It's, it's xenophobia. And it's also sexism. Yeah. I think you should, anyone who wants to can vote uh, anywhere he wants to for anyone he wants to in any state. And you can vote as many times as you want. Yeah. You, and, and, and think about your market. You got the bald. You got the people that have grown their hair back. You have this, you have this eclectic, uh, this, this whole eclectic, you have the, the, the Springsteen lovers and haters that, that you, you, Rob, I'm telling you, all kidding aside, Ben and I were actually discussing this after the show the other night with wifey. And we all agree, and, 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 and with one of the nurses, and we all agreed that you should be running for governor. You're handsome. You have more charisma. Very handsome. You have more charisma Very than charisma handsome. than there is charisma. And you're honest that we know, unless we, I could, yeah, by the way, I could all see, can't you all see yeah. like a scandal coming out tomorrow? Yeah. Like, no, like, I, I, don't, I don't see him as a scandal type. You know, those are always the people. That's the problem, Ben. It's always it's always the ones they it's never been when anybody ever gets into trouble. Nobody ever says, oh, 100 percent. That was the guy that I knew that was going to get into trouble. It's always. Oh, my God. Not Rob Kendall. Yeah. He, he was he was squeaky clean, Ben Stein. But what happened, though, what happened, though, was the supply siders came along and corrupted him. So he's no longer squeaky clean. So now I, he's not squeaky clean, and we, we but we but we're gonna make him squeaky clean. We're gonna put him into the car wash, and gonna make him squeaky clean. I, I, I want to go to something that's even more important than this, if I may. Just, yes. this, just, just take a few minutes. Today, tomorrow, not tomorrow, day after tomorrow, someday, very soon, is my sister's birthday. I have only one sister and no brothers, although I consider my caregiver. Jeff, who's sitting over here a few feet away from me, my a real brother or child. But I have my son, Tommy. He is my real child, but he is not my brother, but he is my child. But I have a wonderful sister. She is about to turn a significant age, and I would like to sing happy birthday to her. Can we and do that I'd at like the end of the show? You, no, no, no. We're going to do it right now. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Rachel. Happy birthday to you. Kings and queens and princesses who want to wish you all that do so. Which day, what day, what is a birthday? Happy birthday to you. And she's been a very, very good sister. We don't, we usually don't agree politically about anything, but we, she's been a wonderful sister and God bless her soul. 
uh, and there we are. Uh, just uh, now we can go on. I want to now go, Judith, to your dating life. No, no, no. And yes, I, yes, it's, yes, it's, yes. It's a, it's it's an absolute lack of dating life. But I want to get more into this. Into and Gary and I, we were, we were talking about this, and I was talking about this with you. Is where we lost our civility, where we oh, lost, that's where, where we lost our. Um, because you're asking about dating, and it's, it, it goes to a much bigger picture than dating. It goes to friendships. It goes to uh where did where where did this where did it go wrong ben stein i think it went wrong when people started uh taking too many drugs that was one thing and uh, legitimizing taking drugs and legitimizing uh uh pregnancy uh without marriage i, I want to back i think i can explain it to you by example Wifey, the saint of saints, the actual, an actual deity sent down by the Lord God, Jehovah, Lord of hosts and Lord of the high places to be on earth and share as a witness of God's love. Wifey and I watched Perry Mason almost every night. We, we didn't Mason, know that. None of us knew. Perry Mason. The first time any from, of us have heard that. From the 50s and 60s. People are polite. They may be killers. Yes, that is true. They may be killers. And they often are killers. But they are polite. They're incredibly polite. Hamilton Berger, he's the prosecutor. He's very polite. Detective Tr Lieutenant Tragg, he's the bully, bully, bully uh, homicide detective. Very polite. Uh, of course, Perry, except when he's bearing down for the kill at the end when he's going to squeeze the life out of the person who did the crime. He's polite. Della Street, really, really polite. But this is today in modern life, modern life, detect the detectives on today's TV shows are shits. They're nasty and mean. Because they because they because they weren't in those days. They just didn't show them to be who they were. They just didn't actually do an accurate portray portrayal of uh of what people were like in those days. I mean, I'm just a, just a hunch. But Perry well, I, Mason, yes, yeah, sorry. I have found all the police I have dealt with to be very polite. That's you. Um, remember, ben, the Ben Stein experience often is very different than the experiences of almost 99.99% of the rest of society. But Gary, I mean, mm -hmm. I want to talk about this because we're all of the age where uh, social media really came on us. And I always say it came on us too quickly. It, it, we weren't as a society ready for all instantaneous. Screw you. What? you know, it used to be in the old in the olden times, if you really hated somebody, you had to write a letter. There were a lot of yeah. steps into hate mail. OK, oh, yeah. so, so by the time you got to the mailbox, you might have paused and not sent that crazy ass letter or never <laughs> finished it. Restraint of tongue and pen. We right. But, there, AA. but oh, yeah. there is none of that anymore. People, people with, with, with social media and especially social media, Gary, it fuels because that's their biggest form of business is is, yeah. is 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 people going after each other. Trust me, Twitter and Facebook don't want peace. Yeah. They want people going after each other because that's their one of their biggest forms of social media. Hate sells on social media. And I, I've always said this, that social media was kind of the turning point 
of where people no longer were responsible for what came out of that hole in their face. Because when I grew up, if you came up to me and went, you know what, Gary, I kind of think you're a real jackass. And I'd go, okay. Yeah. It'd be like, let's roll. And you know, your parent, I remember fights. I've talked about this on my show. We would have fights in high school and we would, it was go to the park. That's where we fought. We fought at the park because we only had one park is a little town. We'd go to the park. It was civil. We would circle. We'd create our own ring. And the teachers would go and watch to make sure it didn't get out of hand. And the two guys, I may have been included at times. I tended to fight in the hallway. I was a little hot headed. We never made it to the park. Usually it just started right there. Um, But it was, you know, get there. It was a fair fight. If someone ever, I remember a kid, a new kid brought brass knuckles to a fight and he went to put them on and we grabbed him, pulled him aside, grabbed his brass knuckles and pushed him back out. And he, he proceeded to get the shit kicked out of him. And that's how it was. That was a different thing. It, it, we have lost the, the part of responsibility of what you say has consequences immediately. Like that's very right well now. said. That is very know. well, very very well said. I see the way today's young people act towards each other. I have a friend, very, 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 very beautiful, very tall. They all friend. are. But go they on. all are. Very, very tall, very, very beautiful. They all are. But well, you on. know who this is. Judy, you know very well who this is. And she is incredibly beautiful. And, and her daughter gets into arguments with her friends all the time. They don't fight with brass knuckles or anything like that, but they get into too many fights. My sister was in a group called Blair O'Debs from Montgomery Blair High School. And they were all polite to each other all the time. That was one of the rules of growing up in Silver Spring, Maryland. You had to be polite to each other. Even if you were angry, you had to be polite. But, you know, both of them bring up a great point, right? So I think there's a, Rob, there's a middle ground because as he's talking about his friend's kid, there's, they're, they're, they should be fighting, actually fighting in a sense, as opposed to berating each other and beating each other down on social media, which is so damaging to, to people. You know, once you put something out, Rob, on social media, there's no taking it back. Once you, you're inflammatory, once you're, once you're all of these different things, and I, I, people are brutal to each other, Rob. Well, I love the idea that the teachers were probably wagering money on which kid was going to win in the fight in that circle <laughs> like at Gary's that. school. I, I love that. That's number one. Two. Um, Where was this school, Gary? Uh, Lone Pine. Lone Just Pine, so California. everybody understands, it was Lone Pine. It was a school, but it also doubled as the park. It, it no, 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 no. The park, it, it the tripled, park, it tripled as the church. <laughs> and on we, Friday nights, it quadrupled as the town movie theater. Wait, is this Lone Pine? Is this in the Owens Valley? Yeah, that's where I grew up, Ben. Well, that's a famous place. I mean, that's an incredibly famous place. I know that place very well. God yeah. bless you. There's a rich history of yeah, a bunch, of, re- getting, of, a bunch yeah. of rednecks fighting at the park. There's that one great story about when the traffic light went out. We did. We, we had one traffic no, no, light. No, 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 but Lone Pine is, is, is famous because it is the locus of the key activity in the movie Chinatown, which mm-hmm. is an incredibly important movie about the history of Los Angeles. Well, Manzanar is not too far outside of Lone Pine, and Manzanar was one of the uh, camps for internment camps for the for Asians, Chinese and uh, right. Asians. Yeah, Japanese. 
Japanese. And it, I think it was, was it just Japanese though? I thought they rounded just, up almost just Japanese. Just Japanese. I, I thought if you were no, Asian looking, you, no, got, Gary, you got Gary, rounded Gary, up. Gary was, Gary was turning on Japanese. But um, well, no, no, we, we, you'll like this, Ben. We swam there. We had, uh, uh, we would go there in school and the tournament camp was still, o- I mean, not open, open, but you could go there and the, uh, the uh, waiting pools, they called them or whatever. They were basically just concrete uh, pools that you could go. We swam in them. Yeah, we used to swim. In I them. told you. And he also used it as their cafeteria. But Rob. Uh, and a bathroom. <laughs> but Rob, yeah, go ahead, Rob. Well, so it's, it's interesting, right? And I know we've talked about this on the show before. The original Facebook, as a Facebook OG class of 2005, you know, I can say that the original idea of Facebook was not, was, was to interact with, uh, have in, uh, set up interpersonal relationships with members of the opposite sex. Like it was never designed to be. Okay, what it is so now. I just thought of something. Wait a minute, that, wait a minute. What isn't that still that? No, not as much anymore. But Ben, let me tell you something. And I just remembered here. I have where it all started. And Ben, you might not know this. So MySpace, which was the original run, right? Everybody was friends mm-hmm. with Tom, and <laughs> in the and in the he created MySpace, and then they had like a top five or top ten in the beginning. I think it was your top five friends, Ben. It was, and, and it was like, who are going to be your top five? And then I remember if you'd get in a fight with, you'd note, you, if you looked at people's pages, people would get knocked out of the top five and then out of the top 10, right? Rob, I think they even set it up as the top 10. And I remember that's how, that's how Lord of the Flies, it even started on MySpace was where it was so out in the open of, if you got in a fight with somebody, they X'd you out in public. I mean, and, and we lost this form of, of being dis- of discreetness of, of, uh, uh, or as you bring up forgiveness. Well, and, and I, I didn't have a MySpace, So I remember when Facebook became, cause you used to do it by college email address. So when your college got added to Facebook, that was like a big deal. You would sit there and wait for it. And I remember getting on Facebook and thinking like the world was so small the moment before I got on Facebook. And then that next moment, it was like, the world is so big now. And and I think that's part of why people behave the way they do on social media, because in large part, most of the people we fight with or, you know, get into it with, you're detached from, right? I mean, they're not your, your friend. They don't live in your community. So it's easy just to just instantaneously start throwing grenades at people. I love all this history. I don't know any about anything about this. When I was a child, we wrote with a quill and a feather pen, and we wrote, and, and our footmen delivered delivered our letters by horseback. I well, when you were younger, this, and I know brought, we brought, I know we brought this up. Bring this over to, to the to the uh, to the Tarleton twins, Ben. I know when we brought, when you were. I, I know we brought this up, and I can't remember you. You were still around when they had the party line, right? Uh, we had it for just a couple of years after I was conscious of it. Yes. And, yes. and for those that are unaware of what the party line was mm-hmm. during World War II, we know. No, yeah, because there was a short, tremendous shortage of telephone lines. People would share their phone lines and you'd pick up the phone sometimes and your neighbor would already be talking on the phone. You'd say, uh, Mrs. X, uh, could we, when you could you not let us know when you're no longer on the phone so we can use it? So that was the original Facebook, except nobody, nobody asked, do you mind if I, and let me ask you a question, because I got to be honest with you, Ben, 
I, I, part of me, probably as a child, if there was a party line, I might have listened. I might have listened then. I think people did. I think, <laughs> hey. I think, I think there have been uh, murder mysteries where that has happened, uh, not on Perry Mason, but on other shows. Not, yeah, but, but not on Perry Mason. Judah, Judah, see, party lines aren't unique to old people. Okay, I'm, I'm hopefully. <laughs> we had a party line I did growing up, it was for poor people. <laughs> Poor people had party lines because we couldn't afford our own phone line because they they were like 15 bucks. And instead, we paid a buck, you know, whatever it was. But you trust me, you didn't want to listen in on Gertrude down the road. Ah! Talk, I, I'm telling you, it, it was not spicy, hot conversation like you're thinking of the party line 800 numbers. That was not it. Trust me. No, no, it, I know, but there's a part of there's a certain part, Rob, of of, of of being curious as to what other people are talking about, especially in those days. Yeah. I bet Ben Stein also remembers the television show Mystery Date. That was much like being on the party no, line. I do not. I but remind Mystery me, date. tell me about it, Robert. I've never Kendall. heard of it either. It was it was a well it was it was a it was a a board game, I think. Where you, uh, you 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 chose a mystery date, right? The person, and I think it was a TV show where the person was behind the uh, behind the door, and you had to choose. I who don't the... remember that. But no, that was the, that was the newlywed game. No, 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 no. Or no, the no. bat. No, the bats. The, the the dating game. No, Gary no. knows what I'm talking the about. The dating game. No, no, no. I don't. I called that college, but <laughs> no. I'm looking it up right now. I think it's the dating. game. It's the dating game where the yeah. person was behind the thing, and three people were there yep. trying to. Of course, that was the dating game mystery, yeah. mystery. Uh, and on no, that it, okay, it, it was. It was not. It was a. It was a 1965 game by Milton Bradley. It was okay, a, but was a the, in real part. life, it was called the dating game. Ben, he just wants to bring up dating. That's why he. Uh, he <laughs> I know. Uh, I want to know why it is. Now how, here we have. Are you married, Gary Collins? No. Are <laughs> you married, Robert Kendall? No. Are you married, Judith Meyer Friedman? I think we know the answer to that. <laughs> I, why am I the only one here? A, who's wearing a necktie, and B, who's married, and C, who's wearing a wool blazer. Why am I the only one? Well, the wool blazer, there's, that's a whole other story where you might need, that's, it's time for polyester. Judith, can I Cotton. read this real quick? And yes. then we can go on? Yeah. This is according to Wikipedia. Mystery Date is a board game from Milton Bradley released in 1965. Marketed to girls ages 16 to 14 years of age. It was reissued in 1970, 1999, Damn, and 2005. Not, but you I said it was a game that. show, not a board game. Well, it was a, there's a there's a commercial for it that they make it look like a game show. I don't know. I wasn't alive in 1965. But you were, weren't alive in 1965. None of us were. You are kidding. No one, that was incredibly great times. My God, we had so much fun in 1965. It was unbelievable. That was a year before I met my wife. So life was wasn't perfect love. yet, but it was incredible what life was like then. A slice of incredibly good pizza was 15 cents. Damn. And okay. a, di and a diet Yes, yes. And a Diet Coke to go with it was 10 cents. 25 cents so a you're really saying good lunch. Yes, 25 a, cents could get yes. you laid in 1965? I'm in. No, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say <laughs> that. You had to come up with the $500 yourself. But... <laughs> But you could get the pizza and the Diet Coke for 25 cents. Wow. So my wife would say cent. Let me ask you a question, uh, Ben, yes. about yes. that. 
So do you think, because, I mean, and we brought this up on the show, we've, we've, we've had it pretty dan- darn good in this country very, for, for, very for a good. long, very, long very, time. Very, very, uh, very good. And, and, and it's often, I'm not the only one that says this, people just needed something to complain about. But in your generation, you actually, there were still many worries. Oh my God, were there a lot of worries. I had to worry about whether or not I would get into the college my mother wanted me to get into. No, no, but I'm referring to the Cold War, Ben. Oh, yeah. That little war. Yes, that was was still a worry. The Soviet Union didn't end until 1988 or 89. We we were very worried about nuclear war. I can remember sitting in my class at Hamilton Hall at Columbia. Humanities. Now, maybe it's CC. I can't never show it. Looking out the window over the Hudson River and thinking at any moment I'm going to see a blinding flash that will be a Soviet nuclear bomb exploding over northern New Jersey, destroying some of our oil refineries, and that would be the end of my life on Earth. At all caused by Fidel Castro. So did you ever think as you were, did you have more appreciation for, for, for the freedoms you had? I was on my knees with freedom, appreciation for freedom. I have been on my knees with appreciation for America from day one. America is the greatest thing that has ever happened to mankind. I am on my knees always with appreciation for America and for our freedoms. And I, when I see President Biden and the media titans taking them away, giving the fucking Taliban a media outlet on the biggest media outlets in America and not letting President Trump, who got 75 million votes in the last election, not letting him have a voice on the internet, I think, this is a blow against free speech, such as I could not have even remotely contemplated in my youth. Could not have even contemplated. So, Gary, I mean, uh, thank you very much, by the way. Um, but well, Gary, as, as we're coming you. up on on 9-11, um, there, there, there's so much that we could say. There's, there's so much that we we don't remember i mean that people want to forget that i mean there were so many heroic figures on that day absolutely and it, it's so bothersome and irksome to me that people forget the four people on that plane that decided to that, that oh that, my god that, let's that were, roll that, that, let's I mean, rock let, let's roll was it that, let's roll yeah let's roll. and and we're on their wa- phones with their wives knowing they were about to face imminent death and that was the last phone call they'd ever make. And it's amazing that we, for, 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 we can't have a week, you know, as, as you know, what I love about the Jews is we have long holidays. September 11th shouldn't just be a day. Sometimes it should be a week of remembrance. It should be a week of remembrance to the firefighters that are still, that are the policemen that are still losing their lives because of what they ingested and inhaled that day. It should be about the people on those planes. And it, 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 can't we have a moment as a country? I mean, can't we have a moment anymore as people that we celebrate? We, we, uh, we celebrate those people, Gary. We, we celebrate them in our hearts every make second. It, make it a it. national holiday. I agree. I, I agree. I think it 100% should be a national holiday. And not only that, but 
a remembrance of how we rallied together afterwards. I remember afterwards, I was actually uh, uh, driving to the shooting range uh, to qualify and when it happened. And I remember we couldn't fly out. We had to drive back. And, and it was we were in shock. Me and the guy in the car of my partner, we were we were just we couldn't believe what had happened. I just left the State Department. I literally had been out 10 days. And I remember us t- uh, talking about it. Where were you going to join? What's that? Where were you left the state of Iron? Where did you go? Oh, I went. I decided to uh, go slow speed, and I went to the Department of Health and Human Services, and I got to learn about the industrial health complex from the inside, which rotted my brain even further. But you know, we were there, and we we had to drive back from Dallas, which you know Dallas got shut down. We drove all the way back to Albuquerque, and and I just remember us being numb. We didn't even know what to think at that point, and I thought, God. I just left the State Department. We kind of watched this happen in a way. And I think people need to realize that no matter what your belief system was at the time, whether you're Democrat, Republican, everyone rallied around the country and said, enough. Let's go back and let's hit these guys with everything we have. And that was the start of Afghanistan. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we, we hit the wrong guys. We hit the we we did, and we hit some of the wrong guys, some, some of the right guys. guys. Mm-hmm. But, it's but a big country; it's not that easy to hit them all. Yeah. But God bless Rob O'Neill too, and you know, taking finally taking him out, and you know, we got to remember that. That's the point I'm trying to make: is we got to remember that we're all in this together. This is America. America is about togetherness. It's about rallying behind no matter where you come from nationality ethnicity belief system religion that we're all americans in the end and and 9-11 i I agree rob first day as governor in indiana you declare 9-11 a holiday in indiana i i know you declared a week of celebration of what this country of, of of all the brave Everybody, you know how they believe in, you know, they want to, but with the left, with identifying everybody by race and by every, every day of the week, every, every different uniform gets their day. Every, every, the, the, the police, the paramedics, the fire department, the good folk for the people that died, Rob, everybody gets their day for seven days. All right. So we're getting the F word off the soldiers and sailors monument. We're getting rid of property taxes, getting rid of income taxes, and making 9-11 a state holiday. Got and it. And we're making yeah. and we're substituting whining. We're taking whining, <laughs> we're throwing it away. We're taking endless criticism of the greatest country in the world, throwing yep. that away. And instead, we're substituting endless gratitude for the greatest country in the yeah, world. So so, so there, there's I'm oh, sorry, Ben, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. No, no th- it's perfectly said. There's an interesting movie on Netflix now. Uh, I think it just came out. Michael Keaton is the star of it. By the way, do you know he's 70? Holy smokes. Oh, wow. I know him. He was brought out to Hollywood to play me in a sitcom. Wait, what? Yes. Go it's on. Not, it, was, it was a sitcom starring Richard Crenna and Bernadette Peters. Love Richard Crenna. Uh, called All's Fair, I think. And uh, they and uh, it was about a love relationship between a conservative columnist and a very left wing uh, photographer slash columnist. It was supposed to be between Buckley and Jane Fonda. And the guy they got to instruct them on how Buckley would talk about things was this Jew 
And uh, and uh, I so I explained to the liberal writers over at Norman Lear's shop how I would, as a conservative, would respond to various provocations. And then they had an actor to play me. They didn't realize that I myself was a great actor. And they brought out uh, Mr. Keaton, who uh, played uh, really was playing me. Is it is there this made television, right? This is oh, yeah, somewhere. It was on, it was on, yeah, all shows. We only made about 21 episodes. It was hmm. the right the guys who wrote were very, very smart, excellent writers, Michael uh, uh, Bob Scheller and Bob Weisskopf, but somehow it didn't quite come out right. What we never know, by the way, what's going and by the way, just for the record, Richard Crenna was not meant to star in Rambo. It was originally meant to be Kirk Douglas. I believe, and he didn't like he didn't like the ending, and um, and 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 he didn't like the ending of Rambo. I think he believed he should have died. And Rambo is really about a, it, it. It was just so people don't understand this. Rambo was written by a university professor, I believe, that that changed his ideas about war after he met students coming home from Vietnam, and and that was the impact that a person in his class had on him was John Rambo. I believe I, I could be what, totally talking out of my. Uh, what, what's what was the name of the show and when was it on, Ben? All's Fair. We started shooting it in the uh, uh, summer or, or early fall of 76. And I think went on the air in uh, late fall or early winter of 76. And as I say, the star, the female lead was uh, very, a woman who's still a big, big star, Julie uh, uh, Bernadette Peters. And the uh, a male star was a guy who was quite a big star, but uh, I, I'm not sure he's with us in the land of the living any longer, and Richard Crenna. Yeah, yeah. Richard Crenna's yeah. died. God rest his soul. He was great. He was the one I was referring to from Rambo. Very, mm -hmm. very, very, very nice guys. So any, any, do you remember what channel it was on, Ben? CBS. CBS? Okay. CBS. So, CBS. Yeah, no, was everything Norman Lear did on CBS? No, but almost everything. So anyway, Michael Keaton plays this, this movie's on Netflix now. Michael Keaton plays the guy who was in charge of delivering the 9-11 fund. And his job was he had to get 80% of the people who were eligible to sign up for the 9-11 fund because the airlines had convinced the federal government, all these people are going to sue us. We're going to go out of business. And of course, the donors and the lobbyists got these politicians completely petrified that you can't hold us accountable. So you got to set up this fund and agree to get the people who are impacted by 9-11 to opt into this fund instead of suing us. You know, they signed the waiver. Here's what you get paid. And Michael Keaton plays the guy. The real life guy was Ted Kennedy's former chief of staff, who the Bush administration hired to, to decide how people got paid out in the 9-11 fund. And you can debate whether it was too big, too small, people got paid out, right, wrong, whatever. But what's fascinating in this movie is they do a pretty good job of trying to tell the stories of the one, the number, just the incredible number and the diversity of the families who were impacted on 9-11. And I thought it put it in pretty good perspective of just Absolutely. how many people yeah. were impacted. Yeah. And Ben, somebody brought up something it, 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 that it, a lot of people, listen, you and I were both in New York City that day. My brother-in-law was, was at the site. Um, they thought his partner was dead for six hours. Uh, they called his mother is he, he had literally just gotten out of the tower as his walkie talkie, you know, broke on the other side of the, uh, and it was, it, and it's one of those days. I know a lot of people want to just 
it, it's so hard to look at because the imagery is in so many, it's in every American, in almost every American's head, Ben. But the thing is, we have to remember that imagery as hard as it is, because it, it, it's, it's so important not to hide on a day like 9-11. It's so important that we celebrate all of those people, all of those Americans that sacrificed on that day for us. We appreciate them. We pray for them. We thank them. We are incredibly lucky to have them. We're incredibly lucky. My wife and I pray for our police, our firefighters, our National Guard, our sheriff's deputies, our soldiers, our Marines, our sailors, our Coast Guard. We pray for everybody who protects us with the risks of their lives every single day while we are in bed watching Perry Mason. And I think, though, Gary, to a bigger point, though, it's also that if we did do things like that, it might force us to look at things. If we did make September 11th the national holiday, um, I know people don't look at most of the national holidays anymore and give a crap about them. I know Memorial Day is just another barbecue for people. I know that, um, but, but there is something special that we need to, as all Americans, we need to carry that thing for 9-11 for all those families, for everybody that was affected that day. But, well, yeah, America. We need days of remembrance. Yeah. Those, those, that's the key is we need to remember the battles that have been fought, the lives have, that have been lost. I mean, people <clears throat> forget that ne- many, many people jumped to their death instead of being burned alive. You know, uh, you know that's, that's the stuff that I remember. That, I need it. Oh, yeah, that as the buildings were getting ready to come down, that there were firefighters and, and emergency responders and policemen going up the stairs yeah, instead the of stairs. down. You know, that's the things we need to remember. And I think that's why these days are so important and why we need to have them. And I agree, not have another drunken barbecue and and not forget. I mean, days where we get together, we rally as Americans and, you know, we remember and then we move on and we go out and kick ass. That's how I look at it. You know, and Ben, for a moment in time, politics didn't mean much. You know, you had George Bush throughout that perfect first pitch. You had Mayor, Mayor Giuliani leading on a city. You, 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 there, there, there was a moment in time, a special moment in time, where we were Americans. We were all just Americans that got hit. We all felt that pain that day. And that's why, you see, people don't understand the reason why on Passover and, and Jewish holidays, Passover especially, is that we, 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 tell the story of Passover, we, we, we should feel like we're living like that. And we need to sometimes really remember those days and tell the story and feel the pain of those days. It's it, it, pain, feeling emotions, Ben, isn't always a bad thing. Feeling what people went through those on those days isn't always a bad thing. It's sometimes important to tell the story and live that story and, and remember it. It's incredible. It's incredibly important, and we should be we should be starting out with it here on our show. Look, we are a very very small show. We don't have any sponsors. None of us gets paid. Uh, we just hang out in our little homes, uh, talking about what's in our hearts. We can start here. We are on our hands and knees with gratitude to God for giving us this America every day. Now, this is something, you know, it's interesting. Uh, my father was a great genius. I mean, I think he is 
and pretty generally considered a great genius. He didn't teach me how to make a lot of money. Uh, he didn't teach me how to uh, throw a baseball or a, a football, but he taught me to be grateful. And I remember we had a Stein family reunion shortly before my father died. And he said something like, the Stein family have made many decisions in the course of their lives. The only one that really counted was the decision to come to America. And that is something that is so important to remember. When we are beating up ourselves all the time, we're racist, we're ra sexist, we're pigs, we're, we're saboteurs, we're terrible people. Why does everyone in the world want to come to America then? If we're so terrible, why does everybody here want to come to, everybody in the world want to come to America? Let's get on our hands and knees, if not right here on this floor, then at least in our hearts and in our heads, with thanks to God for putting us here in the United States of America. What a gift. What an incredible, unbelievable gift. The number one gift in my life is wifey, the absolutely best person in the world, wifey. Second, being an American. What a gift. Who could possibly want anything more? And I love it. Extremely well said. And to people, remember, yes, there are so many people out there that scoff, make fun of people that believe in God or America. You know how you show them? It's not by saying screw you or messaging them on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. It's, it, 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 it's, it's doing what Ben said. It's actually showing and saying, you know what? I don't care what you think about the way I believe, Gary Collins. I love this country. I'm going to hold my heart for the national anthem. I'm going to take off my hat. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to celebrate that day. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to synagogue. I felt so good today going to synagogue and listening to the ram's horn, which is what they do on Rosh Hashanah, blow, blow 100 times. And I was with my people. And uh, I'm going back tomorrow. And it, it, was, it, was, it was quite the amazing feeling. And I wish everybody could have, and everybody can have that feeling. It, we got it, 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 It's like almost like, Gary, it's make it cool again to be patriotic. Make it yeah. cool again to love this country. And the only way you could do that is by starting with us. Well, and I look at it as I don't deserve America. I need to work for America. Oh, I love that. It, it, That's the name of the show tonight. Can you say that again? Great. That's an, yeah. we, none of us, none of us deserves any place as wonderful as America. Yep. America is yep. just a gift, an unearned gift from God. Gary, you'll text me what you said after the show. Cause that was perfect. If I remember. No, what, I, what was yeah. it? I, it, you don't deserve America. You need to work for America. Perfect. I love that. And uh, that's the best point you've ever brought up, just for the record. <laughs> I, that, that went up. I got up on the scale. In my humble opinion, that, that, just, that, just, that, that was the biggest jump up. But Rob, finish us. No, I, I, he said it perfect. You know, as George Costanza said, leave on a high note. Can't say any better than that. <laughs> I love that you're quoting George Costanza. And I love that we found out, uh, you know, as people, you know, that's one of my, fun, my, my most favorite things about the show, Ben, is like all of a sudden somebody will bring something up and um, somebody will bring something up and you'll be like, they brought me out for, they made him, you know, he was supposed to star as me in a movie. Um, I mean, where it, else in the world do you did, get that? Did stars, man. It, but that's my point. Where else ben, do you get that? Ben, do you remember the character's name that Michael Keaton played? I don't. I do not. Lanny Wolf. Oh, really? Okay, God bless you. He's God Googling it, obviously. But now, did you enjoy, but ben, I'm curious if I watched this as a kid now. I mean, there was only four channels. I mean, 
I, there's a good chance I watched that. I, and my and when when my uh, producers, Bob Schiller and Bob Weisskopf, would introduce the cast and the crew and the writers to the live audience, they would introduce me as our resident fascist Ben Stein. Wow. Isn't that, I mean, again, I didn't not, mind at all. I was very, very happy being there. I assure you. I, 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 I'm not going to get go negative at the end of the show. It's God bless them. If they think you're a fascist uh, and God bless all to all those. I think we're fascists or think we're the Christian Taliban. I, I wear that. I wear that crown with honor and privilege. Um, I, I we are the Taliban do. of love. Yes, I am. The, I am. the. Oh, I love that. Uh, Gary, you're on. Fire I'm, fire. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. You're just, as we say, and on a high note, I want to thank everybody that's been in the chat. Of course, I want to thank Ben Stein for the most part. Also, I, yeah, thank it, you it's, very much. It's, it's, we are, we are, we are with a national treasure. Uh, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, somebody that has lived through history has met so many three people, but done something differently as he lived through it. He thought about it as he was living through it. And that's the most brilliant gift. Somebody like a person like, Ben Stein has brought on us is not just being there at the moment, realizing the moment, being cool at the you. moment. God bless you. God and, bless you. and 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 just because people often ask, and Rob's always curious, and there, there's not a moment that goes by that Ben's not appreciative of Ferris Bueller's day off. A lot of people, a lot of actors, a lot of people would get sick and tired. Ben loves every moment of it, has has every a bit of gratitude for that day in his life that changed his life. Um, I want to thank everybody that's been listening tonight. Remember, benstein.substack.com. Please keep downloading those episodes. Also, this is going to be a rough week for a lot of people. Coming up on a day in American history, for a lot of us, that was extremely painful. It's, it's 20 years. It's considered very recent. God bless you. Reach out to people. Reach out to the paramedics. Reach out to every first responders this week. Make it, make it, that's how we're going to change things is, is we have to do it. Change yep. starts with us. And um, Gary Collins from the simple life now.com. You are on fire tonight as you always are, Gary. You're great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank and you I all. just love reading the comments now in your, in your podcasting. And I love reading that Rob about Rob and it's great. The, 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 I love it. And of course, Rob Kendall, future governor from the state of Indiana. Yeah, Rob. I get asked all the time. What's Ben Stein like in person? I say he's wild. <laughs> have you ever heard of John Dillinger? I have from Mooresville, Indiana, about 20 minutes up the road okay, from me. Okay, well, ben. I think you can tell him a little bit. Hint, hint at that. Hint, hint That's at my that. nickname for Ben, actually, is Dillinger. Um, it's, it's true. Uh, Rob from 93.1 WIBC, the future governor of the state of Cali of uh, Indiana. Doesn't matter. Uh, well, 42. Why yeah, California too. I think you should run for four different states at the same time. <laughs> it, it, who cares? It doesn't matter, Rob Kendall. But you, you, we, everybody agrees, Rob. You have a few. Don't count politics out. Politics needs people like Bobby Kendall. Yes, Rob. Maybe, maybe someday. And but I. I am happy for the first time in a very long time in my life. I'm happy with myself and my life and what I do. I love my job. God bless you. And your hair looks yeah. great. We grow indie.com. Gave your plug a plug. And of we course, grow hair indie. <laughs> don't forget the hair. We grow hair indie.com. I said we grow hair indie.com. Um, otherwise it would be, we grow indie. All right. Maybe I did say that. Um, say ben that. Stein, of course, the show would be complete without America's humble servant. You can find them spectator.org. Also yes, Newsmax. 
TV and television. And uh, of course, uh, he writes for Newsmax. Ben Stein, uh, happy 5782. Happy Rosh Hashanah. Happy New Year. Happy, just happy everybody. Be, be, be glad you're in the greatest country in the world. Ben, it's really starting to resonate. You saying that it really starts to resonate. And it's so important that you keep giving that message. Ben Stein, we salute you. Take us out, sir. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the ocean, from the mountains, to the prairies, to the oceans, white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Good night, everybody. We will see you Thursday night. night. Good 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 night.